0: Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis.
1: We're back with Dale Folwell, the uh, treasurer of the state of North Carolina. We've already talked about his personal involvement with uh, the coronavirus because he, of course, uh, was treated and has recovered. We've also talked about a number of other issues. Now, I think we need to turn to what it's done to the economic health of the state of North Carolina. Obviously, we're going to have less tax money coming in. Obviously. Uh, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, what this does to our bond rating. Uh, and also, of course, we've got the health of the cities and counties, which have their own unique problems. And the only place they can turn to, quite frankly, is the state. So Dale, uh, let's just sort of tackle all of that. Uh, let's start, I guess, with the, uh, the shortfall in our anticipated revenues for the next year Uh, and contrast that with the fact that uh, during that period of time, we're going to have increased expenses. So how do we balance that budget?
0: Well, uh, it's been widely reported out of the General Assembly that they're looking at shortfalls of somewhere between 3 and $4 billion. Uh, And that's why these reserves that I've already mentioned to your listeners uh, are become so important. And that's why I say not politically or emotionally, but mathematically, we have the potential of pulling out of this stronger and faster than any state our size if we get the transparency, the data, the consistency, and the policies all aligned in the right direction. Well, so that's a- go, ahead. go ahead.
1: Well, we I'm have a- that uh, famous uh, rainy day fund, which has in the past been basically used for weather-related emergencies, but that can be used for this, and uh, the term rainy day was not supposed to be necessarily directed at uh, only weather conditions but rainy days economically and we're having one how much money is in that uh, in that fund right now uh, over
0: 1.2 billion so there's 2 billion from the cares act money it's not appropriated there's 2 billion on top of that from the budget of this year that we're sitting in there's and there's over a billion dollars in the rainy day fund and over 3 billion dollars in the unemployment trust fund so but your other point about counties and cities. Uh, You know, Shalote and Charlotte sound just alike, uh, but they're in far different boats this morning, Don. Uh, Wilmington and Windsor and Winston-Salem and Waynesville all start with a letter W. But locally at the county and the city level, they're in much different uh, situations. And as I said in the earlier segment, this COVID-19, this economic crisis, where I appreciate more than anyone the focus on the sick, but we can't... uh, punish the healthy along the way as it relates to people being uh, mobilized so that they can consume and start generating the taxes to, to support their communities. <clears throat> it's a very serious problem. I was down east for two days last week, you know, from Raleigh to Rocky Mount, uh, all the way to Mojoc, back to Elizabeth City, back out to the coast and back to Raleigh. And I can tell you that some of these counties uh, who could least afford for this to happen are seeing sales tax revenues fall by 25 percent
1: well and a number of these uh, as you pointed out a number of these uh, more rural areas in north carolina were already under economic uh, pressure to begin with Uh, the middle of the state uh, particularly the the uh, crescent area from raleigh around through burlington greensboro high point lexington salisbury and charlotte uh, relatively healthy the area around greenville and wilmington and Asheville, but the rest of the state uh, i guess some probably 70 of their counties have been in a different economic situation to begin with. And, and so what are they going to do when they run out of money? What happens?
0: Well, the first thing we need to do is, is we don't need to be making decisions in Raleigh that make it worse. And uh, that's what I'm, I'm working on right now. Uh, Secondly, in the, in the words of uh, Warren Buffett, who many of your listeners as well as yourself are familiar with, uh, I'll clean this up a little bit for the radio. Uh, you know, Warren Buffett said 20 years ago, it's, it's hard to tell who doesn't have a bathing suit on until the tide goes out. And what this COVID-19 has created is the tide has gone out, Don, and it's created gaps, not just on the medical side among dirt, certain regions <laughs> of North Carolina, but it's also uh, putting spotlight on the economic gaps that exist. Between different parts of North Carolina, as I said earlier, Charlotte and Charlotte sound just alike, but they're in far different battles right now to pull out of the uh, to pull out of this economic crisis. So the first rule of government <clears throat> should be to do no harm. And uh, I continue to work as chair of the local government commission, not as chair of the banking commission, but chair of the local government commission to make sure that we're doing everything we can uh, in with transparency and consistently. And with the right amount of data that can help these smaller counties and cities uh, weather the storm. I've been working a lot over the last three weeks in Terrell County. To give your listeners an idea, Terrell County is a county that you probably drive through in order to get to the Outer Banks. Terrell County has less population than Myers Park High School has students. That's how unpopulated Terrell County is. So any time that the rest of the state catches cold, they catch pneumonia. And I could say that about a lot of cities between Raleigh and the ocean.
1: One of the things that, uh, that I'm a little bit concerned about, there seems to be a disconnect in the future projections between the Fed, which concerns money policy, the White House, which is uh, basically very optimistic that we're going to get over this quicker, and the stock market that seems to be somewhere in between. Um, How do we bring those three things together? Because uh, we're on a different course of uh, thinking with those three individual uh, uh, parts of our economy. Well, two out of three of those
0: groups are going to be wrong. I just can't tell you which ones.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Very good. You sound like uh, Mike Walden. well, much speaking, as much I don't money. make as much as Mike Go Walden ahead. does,
0: I don't make as much as Mike Walden does. <laughs> uh,
1: the North Carolina pension of course is, uh, of keen interest and you, uh, are charged with, uh, investing funds that keep that pension making money. Uh, how has the value of the pension survived this situation? Where do we stand on that?
0: I'm very pleased to report to you and your listeners. Uh, this pension plan is the 26th largest pool of public money in the entire world. Just the pension plan at the Treasurer's Office is over $100 billion. We're paying out over $6 billion a year in pension benefits. A year. That is more than the state debt. And I'm very pleased to report with the extreme market volatility, the likes of which we've never seen in our lifetimes, that this pension plan for the fiscal year ending in two weeks is actually up 5%. From
1: year to year, yeah.
0: Year to year, and yeah. uh, it's up slightly for the calendar year. And uh, I'm reporting this to your listeners as the state treasurer and keeper of the public purse, but I want to push the, uh, the accolades down to the investment management team and really every previous state treasurer during year in my lifetime who have always uh, uh, conservatively managed this fund on behalf of those who teach, those that protect, and that otherwise serve. We don't have a crystal ball, and we don't gamble, and the conservative nature in which this plan has been managed has has kept us in the check-delivering business, unlike what's probably getting ready to happen in other states across the country.
1: Now, um, the, of course, we are always very proud of our state bond rating. And I, I suspect just from what I'm hearing from you, that our state bond rating is probably going to uh, remain the same. Because as you said, we have been conservative, and we are less likely to have any sorts of uh, severe repercussions than a lot of people. Is that is that a true statement? Uh, that is a true statement.
0: Uh, there are, for your listeners and put this in context, there are 14 states that have the coveted triple, 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 that's trip the AAA bond rating from all three rating agencies. And as much divisiveness uh, that exists in our state and our country right now, Don, I can assure you there's at least one thing that everyone in this state agrees on 100%. And that is that anytime you have to borrow money for public education, public roads or public safety or public works, being able to borrow it at the lowest possible interest rates is a value to all citizens and taxpayers across North Carolina. And the way that that manifests itself with the AAA bond rating, it's like a credit score for you and I, and it's like a sanitation grade for a restaurant. So the higher the bond rating you have, the uh, uh, cheaper that you can borrow money, which means allows you to buy more of all those things that I've that I've previously mentioned. There are 14 states that have a AAA bond rating. And as the state treasurer and keeper of the public purse, if only one state has it, I want it to be North Carolina.
1: Does that mean that uh, one of the solutions to our problem might be a big bond referendum? Because uh, one, that would provide jobs. And two, we can borrow money at a low rate. And three, we are solving something that we're going to have to work on anyway for infrastructure and such, roads, highways, sewer systems and such. Is this a good time for that?
0: Well, uh, that's something that's obviously being debated in the General Assembly. I will tell you <clears throat> that uh, what the rating agencies are saying, they're saying, a, in these tremendous short shortfall years, if you if you're going to dip into your reserves, you need to have a plan for repaying it. But the first thing they want us to do at all levels of government is watch the pennies and paper clips, which is exactly what your your uh, listeners and your businesses and your advertisers are having to do right now is watch the pennies and the paper clips so uh, you know uh, cut budgets and make sure you're living within your means but if you have to have reserves uh, you need to have a plan for rebuilding those reserves uh, as we come out of this and if you have to borrow money obviously you have to have a plan for paying it back
1: well, we do have some infrastructure needs, as we talked about before, so that is something I guess the General Assembly will have to take a real good look at, and as you said, it's kind of a balancing act.
0: Well, it's a balancing act, and and, and sometimes, as, as we've seen in the past, when you throw hundreds of millions or billions of dollars at a particular problem, because you're the only the biggest one there, you end up competing against yourself and driving up the cost of these projects. We need to make sure that doesn't happen.
1: Yep. Our guest is Dale Falwell and we'll be back with one final segment here on Carolina Newsmakers uh, right after these messages.
0: Hey dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute.
1: Hey honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. That's AARP.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ed Council.
0: Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Is this tree good for climbing? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more.
1: Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Safe gun storage saves lives. Learn
0: how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. That's nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady and the Ad Council. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis.
1: We're back with Dale Falwell, uh, the North Carolina State Treasurer. If you join our program late, of course, uh, it was well chronicled that uh, Dale was a victim of uh, COVID-19, and... Uh, uh, spent uh, some time in the hospital recovering and is now back to work. And uh, uh, we talked a little bit about that experience, and you might want to go over it just briefly again a little bit, Dale, of what your recommendations are to the folks about uh, your experiences. And then we want to turn to uh, just a sort of general question, and that is what are you working on right now and what's uh, at the top of your list? But let's start basically with a very quick recovery uh, return to the – Fact that uh, you're a recovering COVID-19 patient.
0: Well, uh, it was it was a very uh, intense process. I was asymptomatic, which means I, I had uh, no fever, no headache, no shortness of breath, no GI issues, not no loss of taste or smell uh, that your listeners are, are accustomed to hearing about. Uh, uh, you can I can tell you after being hospital hospitalized for nearly six days. That you quickly learn there's a difference between being religious and being spiritual, and uh, I'm thankful to the those that that prayed for me and during those uh, touch and go hours that I was in the hospital for those that uh, held my hand and and touched me and 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 worked me through this. As far as the uh, the state itself, uh, uh, the, you know, COVID-19 has uh, really impacted us uh, uh, economically, and I will say this that. You know, people don't really give a damn what political party you're a member of, Don. They just want their problems solved, especially now. And the problem that exists in North Carolina right now is job and food insecurity. And they, that's what they want right now. They want somebody who will attack the problems. And that's what we do on a daily basis as keepers of the public purse at the treasurer's office.
1: So um, as you go to work after this broadcast, and by the way, as I've said several times, we're doing this broadcast via Zoom because all of our broadcasts now are being done that way as a part of the distancing uh, uh, requirements and uh, suggestions. Um, So uh, uh, what's the absolute top of your list of concerns? Because we're going to have a big budget shortfall, as uh, we've already talked about a little bit uh you've also got the state health plan that we have not talked about so far what's the what's its state uh as uh, we uh, continue to have more and more folks who are dipping into the that uh uh util- utilizing their health insurance so <laughs> forth. state health plans in great
0: shape uh and one reason is that utilization of services has been uh locked down for a period of time also which means there's not been a lot of expenses of of going to the doctor and having surgeries and the, and the dentist and those types of healthcare uh, issues. So the financially, the state health plan's uh, in great shape. Uh, as far as what's keeping me up at night, it's this, my concern about all the cities and counties, but especially the, the smaller ones and the more rural ones. And uh, as I said earlier, this uh, economic virus, we have to stay uh, vigilantly focused on flattening the economic curve. Uh, because uh, some of these counties have been depopulating for a long period of time. And so when something happens to these counties, they just don't have the property tax base or the population base to spread these increased expenses or loss of revenues over. Uh, And one of the big deals uh, right now is, uh, is the amount of money that cities and counties are taking in because of their inability to collect. So, Uh, that's why getting this unemployment system fixed is so critically important because when people uh, get these checks that they're entitled to that allows them to pay their bills that helps their counties and communities and volunteer fire departments actually stay in business
1: well it's an interesting time and and as you said we're trying to we have worked very hard on uh, flattening the curve of the spread of the virus although that uh, uh, is sort of flaring up again as we speak right now as uh, some of the uh, restrictions are lifted. Uh, I think it's only natural to think that we're going to have a few more cases. Uh, But uh, as you've said, equally important is finding some balance between that uh, uh, health curve and the economic curve, because both of them are equal in uh, solving the overall problem. Um, What are some of the other things we can do to sort of flatten out the economic curve? Push the power away from Raleigh
0: trust the common sense of North Carolinians and North Carolina businesses. Uh, you know, there, there, there's so much common sense out there uh, across North Carolina at the local uh, governance level, as well as among businesses and individuals, and just push the power down to them. And, and uh, you know, they know what's best for their community. Uh, and I think that's what, that's what needs to happen. And uh, these, these leaders of these communities uh, they they know when there's going to be a hot spot. I mean, Goldsboro became a hot spot because we ultimately had 500 prisoners who tested COVID, nearly 500 who tested positive for COVID 19 in a population of 700 prison inmates. So why did why did Goldsboro, North Carolina, become a COVID 19 hotspot? The prisoners weren't leaving every day. The employees were. So that, that's why that's why that's how all this thing kind of manifests itself. So. Push the power away from Raleigh down to the local leaders and the common sense of the citizens. And when a hot spot comes up, and the hot spots have been prisons and nursing homes, then then we attack that particular
1: problem. This is sort of outside of your uh, control, but uh, uh, you're an expert on it because of uh, your role as uh, the treasurer of the state of North Carolina. But uh, as we all know, North Carolina by law has to have a balanced budget. The federal government does not. And of course they're coming up with all sorts of programs, all of which is coming from borrowed money. Are you worried about the national debt and where, how much debt more uh, debt can the the federal government take on before that becomes a major concern?
0: Well, I thought it was a major concern for the last 30 years of my life and uh, they continue to take on more and it's, it's exponentially growing. Uh, you know, there's only one way to get rid of debt, Don. You pay it off, you default on it, or it gets inflated away because you've taken money that's worth less in the future. There's only three ways to get rid of debt. And uh, I think ultimately neither one of the first one's a great outcome for the United States, especially when you have so many foreigners who are actually about going to the and buying this debt and, and supporting this, this uh, deficit habit. But ultimately, uh, those are the only three things that can happen with debt. And we hope that we can get ourselves in an economic situation where it can be paid off.
1: Well, we are in an election year. And of course, this is, uh, also puts a lot of uh, uh, pressure on the elected officials and the General Assembly and the Congress and, and the, uh, in many cases, local offices as well. Uh, to be concerned about uh, their vote because they also have to worry about uh, getting reelected if they're up for reelection. So this creates yet another little twist to our situation. This would all be better off, I think, if this was happening in a non-election year. Well, let me,
0: let me, let me just add to that, that okay. uh, you know, good policy makes good politics. Do it, and what Governor Martin has always told us, former North Carolina Governor uh, Jim Martin, that doing right is rarely wrong. Focus on what's figuring out what's right, getting it right, and keeping it right is never gonna be wrong, whether it's an election year or not.
1: Well, that's, that's good advice. And uh, interestingly enough, it, it, it always appears to me that in most cases, the, uh, the politician who does what's right is usually the one that gets reelected. I mean, that's, that's it's just kind of interesting. Well, uh, we appreciate, Dale, you being with us, uh, again, by remote, uh, by Zoom. Dale Falwell, the 28th treasurer of the state of North Carolina. Uh, we appreciate your comments and your insights, and I'm sure the listeners have enjoyed it very much. Our program has been produced by Jason Kong, and if you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast, or if you're listening to one of the stations that carries only the half-hour version, like to listen to the rest of it, you can do so by going to carolinanewsmakers.com. So again, we'll have another guest again next week. Until next week, same time, in the same group of stations.